All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. I'm so excited for our guest today. We have Emily Regan joining us. Emily is a mom of four, an Air Force wife, and a Jill of all trades. I love that you said Jill of all trades. I normally hear Jack of all trades, but it's great. Um, When it comes to digital marketing and techie skills, she's worked as a behind-the-scenes digital marketing implementer, working with many creatives and furniture painters, Jennifer Allwood, Tracy Bellion, Mrs. Mustard, Seed, Wendy Batten, and more to grow their online businesses. She's the founder of the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistance School, where she teaches women the digital marketing skills to get hired online as an in-demand, highly sought-after unicorn digital marketing assistant. So let's go ahead, cue that intro, and then we'll bring Emily into the show. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. Welcome to the show, Emily. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited about this conversation. Yes. I can't wait to hear all your insights on it. So let's dive more into your business, what it's about and why you decided to start it. Okay. So I do the front half of getting you the clients and you do the back half of delivering the goods. So so perfectly. (laughs) It really is. It really is. So I am a military spouse and I have to say this because I have moved a ton of times. I've had a ton of different jobs. I always saw that as my kryptonite. Mm -hmm. Um, I was embarrassed by my resume because we PCS all the time. I have a journalism degree and an MBA, but yet like keeping my career going was really hard. And so um, I started freelancing. I fell into freelancing and it has been the best thing ever. I was able to bring my marketing skills, my PR skills and help my clients grow, nurture and sell to their audience. And it's been so fun because my clients have called me a VA and I always struggled with that title, but I was doing marketing. And so I've kind of created my own job title, marketing assistant. I call us unicorns because that's- I was going to ask why. I'm like, I want to know why the name unicorn. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was so funny because my clients were like, oh, you're my VA. I'm like, I always kind of had a problem with that. And it's like, I'm doing so much more. I just grew your email list to 80,000 and we just had a you know, a million dollar launch. Like I am not just a VA, but there was no job title. And so people would ask, what do I call you? What do I call you? And I just didn't know. And so I was joking around with my teammate and I'm like, I'm a unicorn. Like I do things that are very highly coveted and make my clients money. And so we kind of stuck with it and call my people unicorn digital marketing assistants. And that's how it all started really. Wow. Okay. I love that. So can you give me a breakdown as far as what your business looks like, what the purpose of it is, like who you market to and everything like that? Yeah. So for a good like decade or so, I was behind the scenes, super happy as a clam doing the work for my clients, growing their email list, doing the marketing stuff. And I just kind of had this light bulb moment once I went to Sue McLaren's conference And I had no business cards and no website. And I just got attacked because there was all these membership site owners who needed my skill set. And around the time I came up with the term unicorn, I'm like, I'm just going to start teaching my smart, overeducated, underemployed military spouses who are in the same boat I was not able to find work. 
And it's hard as a military spouse, we're the default parent, our spouses are always traveling and TBYing and deploying, and we have to hold down the fort. So we can't always just put our career first, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking of like my friend, Laura, like, oh, Laura's really smart. She has an engineer degree. If I could just teach her marketing and online business, she could run with it. And so next thing I knew, the commander spouse is working for me. And so that's kind of how it started was, oh, I can help out these business owners who I can't help. I'm too booked out. And I can help out my friends who are really smart. And it just started from there. At one point, I had an agency, which was really hard on me. Uh, that was the year my husband deployed for a year. And then I moved like the training I was doing for my own team is what turned into my course. And so fast forward three and a half, almost four years later, now I have a uh, course called the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, where I teach the same skills I did all these years for clients. And it's been really successful. We've had over 350 students take it. We've had six figure launches. Like it's really you know, revving up and I've only been front facing for like four years now. Wow. Okay. So what does it mean when somebody comes in, buys your program, what does it mean to like really embrace being a unicorn digital marketing assistant? Oh my gosh. So it's really, it it can be like convoluted out there. So Mm -hmm. when, when I say unicorn, I don't mean somebody who does it all. I just mean like stepping into your power of your worth. And I really encourage mainly women is who I serve to take what you did in your last past life, you know, maybe before the baby break or before the career transition, add in online marketing and online business knowledge. And then you have your own special package and everyone's different. So my background was in PR. So one of the first projects I was able to do confidently was create a media kit for an online blogger. I'd never Mm -hmm. done it before. I'd never done that before. I'd done press kits. I'd done other similar things, but that was really the unicorn essence for me. And no one else can do exactly what I do. So I, you know, take women, their passions, their hobbies, their career experience, dust them up, make them like, you know, more um, employable, hireable, desirable with this digital marketing skill set that's not going away. Oh, okay. I love that. What a great mission. And so I'm very curious to hear what your opinion is on really the topic of this entire show, which is solopreneur versus business owner. What is the difference? I hear a lot of people use just the umbrella term of entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I was seeing a lot of people have problems with this. Is there, I'm an entrepreneur and then they're having a hard time scaling and growing their business. And so do you think that there's a difference between solopreneur, business owner? And if so, what is that difference? Oh my gosh, your podcast gave me so much clarity. And I was actually boxering a friend about this. And, you know, little things I've been seeing happening in my space with clients and my unicorns who are doing the client work. Plus, I've worked with over 100 clients in this online space. So the way you explained it, I was like, yes, that's it. That's why sometimes we struggle as the support person. If we're the first one in to help with a business owner, which a lot of times is what the unicorn is, they are a little bit of a catch-all helping with the marketing. There's not always systems in place. It's messy and it can make I'm just going to get right to it. It can make a lot of us like burn out and want to quit because we're yeah. working with the entrepreneur and not the business owner who you describe as the person who's ready for systems and efficiency. The yeah. crazy in, in, um, entrepreneur who we all love has a lot of ideas and they bounce all over the place and they're not necessarily making money. They're not out of that startup phase. It's yeah. hard on us. It really yeah. is. So the way you summed it up, I was like, yes, I need to tell my unicorns. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Okay. I love that you bring that into light because I've, I've seen the same thing too, is like my business comes in and works with people like that too. It's really hard to work with entrepreneurs that haven't yet figured out how to be leaders yet. And they haven't figured out how to direct people. And so do you see that as well as people having a, the, the, the ladies that you work with and train, they have a hard time working under people who aren't leaders. Is that 100%. right? And I mean, there's always like flexibility in people who are the exception, but it's yes. so much easier to get in bed long-term with a client who has the plan, who's making money, who has other people on their team and they're just clear about things, but we can be so heart centered and passionate, which is why I even started my business was all these solopreneurs were like, I need your help. I need your help. And I'm like, I just, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. Yes. So how, what would you recommend to somebody who is a solopreneur? They have the desire to go in and be a business owner, which in my definition, that's somebody who is, is separate from the business in terms of their business has a, an own identity and it's not built around them, um, which I think really creates a good space for mm-hmm. hiring on a team because then they can come in and also work around the business instead of working around you. So yeah. what would you recommend uh, someone who is a hardcore solopreneur does in order to improve and make that shift to being a business? Oh my gosh. Well, I think you've nailed it. So much of it is mindset, like taking over the CEO mindset is something we hear a lot of, but I think you're right. Like not taking it personal, but when the second you get a teammate, the second you have somebody on your team, and I know so many business owners are scared to hire, it like puts you at a new level. And to me, whatever you can do to prepare to like push your business to the next level, even before you feel ready, I think is how you you get to that spot. And I mean, leadership delegation, it's a refinement process. We're not going to be perfect at it. Like I'm a big black kettle over here with my small team. Like it's hard, you know, I'm still perfecting it and learning to let go and trust and all of that. Right. Yep. Yep. I'm right there with you. So (laughs) then how can, how can the solopreneur shifting to business owner really make that shift and hire on people, even if they're scared to? I always say, start with your standard operating procedures, start with mm-hmm. documenting how you do things. Like the second you can pull yourself out of the weeds, out of the minutia of your business and start focusing on that. You'll hear them like the hundred dollar task, the thousand dollar task. Like the second you can pull yourself out of that, I think is the best thing. And it comes, it starts with like getting everything out of your head, how yeah. you do things, how you make decisions to set this teammate up for success. Yes. Okay. How did you do this process for yourself as you were shifting? Because would you consider yourself a business owner? Oh, yes. Yeah. I still feel a little bit in this gray area. And I mean, we all have like our own imposter syndrome, but like for for a couple years in my business, it's like hustle, hustle, prove the model. Now that I've had a couple successful launches, I can count on cash. I have payment plans coming through. I feel like I reached that. I got out of the startup and now I'm in that growth phase. So for me, it's it's definitely refining, um, trying to be more efficient, trying to increase like profit margins because it's very hard. Like startup sucks. It really is. (laughs) So with me, it's like figuring out, because you can't just hire 15 specialists at once. It's like being strategic and there is some overlap, you know, Mm -hmm. business has six different departments. Mm -hmm. And what, one of the mistakes I see is people trying to hire a VA who can fulfill all of them, like accounting, Mm -hmm. 
marketing, ops, you know, customer yeah. service. And like one person can't do it all. So it's also like dealing with the restrictions of your budget. So for me, it's been, okay, who's going to be in the marketing lane? Who's going to be in the yes. customer service lane? Um, hi, my first hire was actually a bookkeeper. Not that nice. I don't love money, but I needed to get that off my plate because it was taking me an entire day back when I had an agency to do all of the billing and invoicing and like, right. you know, the books. So, um, oh my gosh, I'm like losing my train of thought on this process, but yeah. Okay. So you said six different departments in a business. Can you walk me through what each one yeah. of those are? Yeah. So we start like marketing and sales is the person I train for. And yes. you can even, you know, separate it. Obviously marketing and sales are different. Right. Yeah. So then we have human resources, human relations, like your HR department. Right. Yeah. That's like this whole separate thing. You start adding oh, yeah. teammates. You need somebody to manage that. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're going to have employees. Uh, then we have the ops, which I think yeah. is what you fall a little bit more under operations. So yeah. it's like delivering the products. Uh, we also have um, finance and accounting, which is like somebody separate. Right. Like you're very not important. Yeah. One have person that. doing everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we have usually like product uh, research and development type of thing, which is usually mm -hmm. the CEO visionary is like, that's when they're in their sweet spot, like creating the mm -hmm. thing. Did I get all six? Customer service is a six one. Got it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah those are great. Um, and so then your, your uh, company trains people marketing and sales department. Yeah. For a small team, for somebody yes. who needs level one marketing help, somebody nice. who can go in and like stoke the algorithms, like handle yeah. inbound marketing usually is what we do. Right. Okay. I love that. And I love that you're creating that. I know, I know so many people that, that need that. And so definitely we'll be connecting you with people, but that's awesome. Um, and so kind of, you mentioned to me that you've been a part of a lot of teams. You've seen a lot of the inside of businesses. So what have you seen that really makes a, a team thrive versus what destroys a team? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, where to start here? Um, I'm just thinking of my, like, I'm flashing through like my last like team situation where there was just too many cooks in the kitchen. I'm like, really I want all the stories. <laughs> It's really confusing there, but okay. The biggest one I have is like, it's the personalities. It's mm -hmm. the way you bring more people on. I was on a team where we were like rocking and rolling and they hired a OBM, but mm -hmm. none of us knew that none of us knew. And so like not having like a, a hierarchy, a chain of command, it was really confusing. And then suddenly we're like, who's this new person bossing us around? There was no right. like like leadership demonstrated from the CEO to just explain. And it can be very threatening when you are being at, like, I don't know, it makes you wonder, like, am I still going to have my job? And I can remember just like being a little bit panicky and like, what's my role? And so yeah. I think so much of it goes back to like company culture and organization, right? Just being clear with roles and responsibilities, but doing it in a way that makes people feel included. Like that yeah. was just the way that was handled. It was like mind blowing for me. And not oh, only that, the OBM came in and said, tell us what you do and how you do it. And I'm like, what? Are you just trying to steal my, like my brain and then like fire me? But like, she could have said it in a different way. Yeah. Explain that they were trying to just build out better SOPs. They didn't want like how, like as a contractor, I, you know, there's some like rules there too. Like we could get into that, yeah. but like I can share some basic I'm not going to share like my strategy and like how I come up with things, but I wish she right. would have just said it in a way that wasn't like, you know, um, 
like we're trying to set up the business. So if you go on vacation, we can do it without you. And we're just trying right. to survive for two weeks without you. Like if she would have just positioned it differently, it would have been handled so a much lot better. better. Yeah. Okay. So what have you seen helps a business thrive? So obviously communication, lack of communication is yeah. what is really going to destroy that. I've seen that in my experience too. When everybody's on different pages, it just yeah. is terrible. So what, what are some of those strategies to really make it thrive? That's really good. And I kind of went to like the overwhelm of communication, not having clear channels where we talk, where we ask questions, but I think making sure everyone's on board with what's happening. Even in my last full-time job, I was a communications director. Like I should have known everything and like things would pop up and surprise me. And I'm talking to my ED and I'm like, why would you not tell me that? You know, and it doesn't, you know, there's some like, you know, it doesn't make me feel great, but I also need to know because I can add to it. So I think in terms of like regular meetings, yeah, feedback sessions, but also mm-hmm. just like having a clear and in, in my world marketing plan, like knowing ahead of time, like what's coming up, like what are our goals for March? What are our goals for April? What do we need to be doing now? Because so many yeah. businesses that I've been a part of, so many of those clients, they're kind of all a hot mess. Like nobody's perfectly organized. And so anything you can do to get ahead of the game and get your team on board where they can be autonomous and efficient, like that's where I work well, uh, is good. But I like, I don't meet a lot of people who have it together. Right. Yeah. It's it's like all over the place. And so what does an effective, like, plan look like to you where the team could get on board with that and go, I know what's happening. What does that yeah. look like? You know, one of my favorite things uh, right now is the Kanban board. Do you know about those? I haven't heard about yeah. that. Before. So you kind of like brain dump, like all the projects you want to be working on. And it's kind yeah. of like in this pending column. And then you yeah. have, you can sit back and like plan out your year. Right. And I've always right. kind of struggled to do that, but yeah. what is your main quarter project you're working on mm-hmm. and just making sure everybody has one or two prod, no more that they're focused on for that quarter with specific deadlines. And I always like to tell my, I guess like business owner friends, I'm like, give your person like a long-term project and have them being doing like short-term stuff. Like what do they need to do weekly? Mm -hmm. What's like their regular like MO in their job, but that allows them to like get something done big for your business. Always have something to do, not be like twiddling their thumbs and invoicing you for nothing they did. So the Kanban like board, you could create it in like Trello or Asana would just show like, what is that person working on? What is the status? And then that's what your meetings could be about. So that's one way. That's one way. And another thing I have is like my marketing plan for the year. Um, I purposely plan my year in trimesters because I have four (laughs) children and the summer is almost four months. So like I (laughs) walk off the summer. I'm like, we're not going to do heavy promotions. So then we can kind of see monthly like what's coming up and what our internal goals are and external facing promotions are. I love that. That's great. That's such, such good strategies there to start working at that. Um, and so then you mentioned over communication and how that can overwhelm things. How, what does that look like? Uh, Voxer. It looks like Voxer. <laughs> Just okay. that. That's it. <laughs> that like dingy noise. What's that Super Bowl commercial with like the Slack, the Slack uh, notification that like drove everyone bananas? <laughs> still have that side notification and it I get I get that <laughs> yeah I think I mean I can remember early on as a freelancer not really understanding how I enable my clients and I treat them mm-hmm. how to treat me now as a mom who's had a couple toddlers like I get it 
Mm -hmm. I get it. Like there's a reason you don't give them the lollipop and you like dig your heels in when they're having a tantrum, but like you teach your clients and you teach, it flips over to like the business owner. You teach your, um, your staff, your team, like how you, what you value, what you prioritize and how you want to be treated. So like it goes both ways. So not texting at 10 PM, not planning a black Friday sale Wednesday before Thanksgiving, like little things like that. Um, when you say you're going to take off, take off, like don't be on your device. I think Voxer is the biggest problem right now. It's such a godsend because you can quickly shoot ideas out, but you're always reachable. And so I know with my team, um, trying to set boundaries on that or making sure things are documented in a sauna or left for a meeting. But like, here's the thing. I don't want a gazillion zoom meetings. I would hate my life. Right. (laughs) so it's it's like finding the boundaries for that and making sure we don't scare any new teammates with Voxer, turning off yeah. notifications, just being very clear when you're working and not working, right? Yep. So yeah. yeah, I think the texting, I know a lot of DMAs who don't even give out their number because they don't want to open that, but you just don't respond. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven forbid you don't respond to messages that you yeah. get and that you wait until the next day. <laughs> And I always say like chart, if you're going to be more available, if you're going to have quicker turnaround times, like you, you, that's a premium rate. Like, you know, so it's from early on say like, this is going to be a 48 hour turnaround time usually, Mm -hmm. but like, I get it. Like I've had a website crash on a client. Like she needed my help in the moment. Like, I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but like not everything is a burning fire either. Right. And how do you, uh, how do you differentiate? the things that need to be answered now versus the things that are like, Hey, this can wait. I don't need to break my boundaries to answer this. Well, I think it comes down to the business owner prioritizing what's important to them. And like they have to use, so I'll teach my GMAs to be like, okay, we're limited budget, limited time. What's important to you? Like you have to pick and you have to decide really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What has been some of the, the characteristics of the people that you've enjoyed working for the most? Oh, I love this question. I love, well, I'm known for being bossy, for being a bossy fan. Same. Yep, same. Right. <laughs> so I love the clients who do what they'll say, who have an open mind, who don't push back, who get me their stuff. Like yeah. I want deliverables on time. Like I'm busy. I've always been booked out. So when I sit down to work on your stuff, I better have it ready. So... Um. Uh, but I really love the clients who just move fast, who don't balk at the fact that like, I need video to do this and they yeah. just get it to me. And even if it's not perfect, I like the clients who are willing to pay, not pay, play and test. Right. Mm. And just like real, when it comes to marketing, everything's a testing ground, right? We've got to yeah. see what works and they have to be open to it. It's not like you just turn on your Facebook ads and you start making money right away. Like you have to give it time. You have to test audiences. The clients who are going Mm -hmm. nowhere, I'm just going to say it. Like they like fold up and pack up too soon. Like they're, they're too quick to quit things and not really try. Oh, interesting. Okay. I love that. And I like the, the quick response time. Like that's something that I hold very high in in terms of being a business owner. sounds like you do too. It's like, if my team, something like I'm going to get that to them. I'm not going to sit there and be like, Oh, I'll get it to you in like four weeks. It's like, no, this needs to be done now type of thing. And yeah. so I appreciate yeah. that as well. Um, those are awesome. I love the layout of that. So 
what would you say is your definition since you have done an agency, what would be your definition of a teammate versus an agency hire? Oh yeah. So there's a lot of new solopreneurs, entrepreneurs who are being told to hire their first VA and they get kind of panicky about it. And it can be hard to figure out who you need to hire first, right? So good advice is to track your time and figure out what is sucking up your time and offboard the stuff that's, you know, will keep you in the weeds. But there's a lot of people who um, want to just hire someone who's very experienced, already knows what they're doing, and an agency can be a great solution. In my opinion, they're more expensive um, and you don't get that long-term teammate, which is kind of how I've positioned the unicorns to be somebody who comes into your team and grows with you. And yeah. I teach the unicorns just to say yes to the projects. Obviously, they're independent contractors. It's their choice. But just say yes. And then as the business owner grows, shed that and like hire to the weakness, like figure out what yeah. you really want to do and gain clarity. And so <laughs> with an agency you're paying like $40, $45 an hour and that person's only making like 20. So it kind of feels gross in that mm-hmm. regard when it comes yeah. to like some task. But um, I also ran an agency. So sometimes they just want like someone who knows what they're doing to manage it. Right. So yeah. it just kind of like depends what you're really after. Like if you mm-hmm. need somebody who's very experienced and set up like this is why there's marketing agencies. This is why there's agencies like yours to come in and just right. take care of entire sections of a business. Yeah. So what I wouldn't say is don't hire a general VA from a general VA agency. Like you could stretch mm. your dollar longer by hiring a contractor like independently. Yeah, got it. Okay, that's great. And so um, you mentioned that there's three different types of VAs. Yeah. Can you explain each one and how they serve the business differently? Yeah. Now I'm like, did I say three? (laughs) Okay. So this is what we we mainly get stuck on is VA. And this is why it didn't sound appealing to me. There is an admin assistant and an admin assistant can work in any one of those six departments we talked about. Right. Okay. Yeah. And an admin assistant can do a lot of a task, but just most people are lumping VA to admin. And that's also why we see a lot of that going overseas too, because it's usually Uh repetitive, you know, data entry, um, English being a first language, not always required. Uh So um, executive assistant is also confused in there. And an executive Uh assistant is doing admin, but for the C-suite person, right? For Mm -hmm. this level person, I don't know why I said C-suite, but um, they're like managing their calendars, their inboxes, their um, communication so they can do a better job at their job, right? Yeah. Free up their time. And so there's a huge difference between the EA, the admin VA, and then we have our marketing VA over here who's in the marketing department, who's mm-hmm. stoking the algorithms, growing the email list, like creating like, you know, traffic and marketing demand. So yeah, there's a lot of different options there. And any one of these people, like, you know, we can all be very um, ingrained in the business, can work up to project manager level too. Right. Okay. So then as a business owner, or if you're a solopreneur and you're looking for that first hire, what are the necessary first steps to take? Yeah. Um, I Like I said, track your time, figure out what yeah. that is. I think the biggest mistake is hiring that Frankenstein role, expecting them to do everything you know, <laughs> and bookkeeping and video editing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know I'm self-proclaimed Jill of all trades. I'm pretty good 
you know, analytical and creative, but I still can't do everything. I'm not going to do your book. Right. I have an MBA. I'm not going to do your book. So, so <laughs> right. be strategic about what that hire is, hiring slow for it. Um, having a job description is important, but one of the biggest mistakes I see is people are using a very popular um, eight-figure business owner's job template. And when you're hiring for contractors, we're, we are working here in this type of role because we want freedom, right? Yeah. Like there's a reason I'm not working at Capital One down the street right now. Like I right. want to be chained in my own my own office. Right. <laughs> so right. I see these very corporate stuffy job openings and job descriptions that doesn't make any of us want to work for like really good people. I've had to respond to business owners. I'm like, no one's replying to your job because you sound like a micromanager and horrible to work with. So being clear on the task and responsibilities, like your values, but also like what makes you, you like why you have to tell yourself too, because right now there are more business owners than there are like the, you know, qualified, like integrator, like project manager types to step up and do the work. So mm-hmm. um, having a job description and having a way to collect, collect that. So it's not just your inbox swarming up, I think is a good way, like having a form or, you know, a, a Google sheet like system to be able to like green light or, you know, reject people either way and just keeping track of it. We get yeah. a lot of, we, we actually collect jobs and we mm-hmm. share them with my work group for marketing related and a lot of people, a lot of business owners write us back and they're like, ah, I forgot who applied. <laughs> and I'm like, I actually know the type. I'm terrible in my own inbox. Yeah. Uh, but it's just funny how many people like aren't very organized from the beginning. And On that so, sense, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so interesting. Okay. So do you think that people then need to have like the systems, uh, the SOPs essentially built out before they bring on their first hire? Ideally, yes. But at the same time, I say, don't let that stop you because you can get somebody, if you're getting someone who's experienced, who knows you need to make this, they can help you. What's going to be a problem is if you hire a brand new person who knows nothing, it'll be like the blind leading the blind. So if you are going to go that route, get someone who's done it before. And it's cool with helping you. You don't have to be perfectly organized. I'm not. Yeah. My team, we still struggle finding like basic documents in my Google Drive, right? Yeah. Right. Asana is a work of, you know, in progress. But uh, I think that like that expectation, it could just be communicated ahead of time. Like, will you help me get more organized? Like, is this the strength? Is this something mm. to take on as that long term project we talked about? 100%. Uh, It'll good. make life easier, though, if you have. Like one thing I wish I had done is just be more organized with passwords and access and getting everything in LastPass. So then it's like a quick share of the button because like getting right. access to everything is probably the biggest pain. It's a process. You yeah. get it. You get it. Yep, I do. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's very, that's very cool because I, I see a lot of people who give me that objection to hiring in terms of they mm-hmm. go, oh, I just don't have the time to build out the systems before I start hiring. And so then I can never hire because I don't have the time to build out the systems. And so how would you recommend they work around that? Because I'm like, well, you're never then going to have the time to build out the systems and then you can never hire. So then you're never going to get your time back. So then you (laughs) break out of that loop. 
Yeah. Well, you in the discovery call, I hope you would like exude confidence and be like, we'll help you build the systems. That's extra. <laughs> well, but yes. we'll, we'll build this into your package. We'll have an audit exactly. day. We'll like add in strategy sessions. Like, I think you just give confidence as like the service provider. As yeah. a business owner, I think you do what I just said and you look for someone who is more established and has experience. Yeah. Yeah. And can help you build those out. Yeah. There's a lot of freelancers who do VIP days with with ops or systems or they'll come in there and, you know, clean things up and get it ready too. like, you don't, that really is a problem. I mean, you put yourself vulnerable. Like my, like I told you, I have a black kettle over here. My Google drive is, I mean, I feel like it's okay, but it could be better. I would be afraid to show it to the systems guru. I know it could be. Right, right, right. And, and essentially just don't let that stop you. Like, it's okay. You can still move forward with that. Yeah. I think one of the biggest benefits to getting a teammate and like moving into that business owner realm is it lights your fire to get stuff done. You now have something waiting on you. We talked about getting those deliverables done. Like, you know, people get stuck in this researching stage, like I'm going to launch a podcast, but guess what? When you like sign that contract and you just go for it, like that's going to be your biggest motivator because now you have a contract and you have to stay up on it and you have to submit your, you know raw file and, or you like lose money. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. All of that's so good. So my last question to you before we kind of finish up for today is, um, how, how can people handle that responsibility of bringing on a team? If they're, they're looking to go from solopreneur to business owner, and they may be a little bit, maybe be a little bit afraid of that responsibility. How have yeah. you handled it? I have hired slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think slow to hire, slow to hire, quick to fire is like the saying. Yep. I've heard that before. Um, because you, I think we're all scared of like, I know for me is like a budget. Like I do have a budget restriction. I can't just hire everybody. Yeah. So I think hiring the professional, mm-hmm. like if you're really feeling nervous, like coming in, if there's like a section, it's just like with Facebook ads, like you're not going to hire somebody brand new to run it. Yeah. So kind of like, that mindset of like, I'm hiring a specialist to help me out in this area. Um, I don't know. What would you say for this? I'm curious what your answer is. I would say, I think you need to first, you need to first have that desire. Like, I think that there's some people who are just not, they just are not cut out or not wanting to be that type of business owner. And, and I've seen people who, who start as entrepreneurs, they got in because of either they have like a story and they want to help people solve the problem, or they're like, oh, this would be a way for me to achieve freedom, but they don't want to take it past the point of themselves. And that's totally okay. And so I wouldn't then recommend that they do that. Um, because then if they're trying to be a business owner and trying to take on all this responsibility and they just don't want to then they shouldn't do that. Same with people who don't really want to be the the guiding light of the ship. If your business is the ship, they don't want to be the ones writing the map, but maybe they want to be the ones working in a team. I call those people intrapreneurs, people who want to be not the people who are guiding the ship and have to take responsibility if the ship crashes, but they're like, I will help you fuel your ship. So then you can then go and we'll, we'll make it go in a certain direction. So I think it's about knowing what kind of person you want to be when it comes to business and how you want to run your business. I love it. By the way, I also talk about entrepreneurs and I think you're like the only other person I know. And I'm like, yeah, let's heard that. Yeah. Yeah, It's crazy. Like, I think it's such a big deal. 
It really and most is. people don't think it's an option. They think, oh, I either have to be an employee or I have to be a business owner. Yeah. And I've worked with a lot of people who they just don't want to make that shift to business owner, but they still want the, the freedom mm-hmm. of being their own boss in a sense, which I think kind of ties right into that freelancers. Like I would say, I don't know if you've experienced this, but freelancers seem to me to be more, not all of them, but a lot of them seem to be that entrepreneur, uh, that entrepreneur yeah. type person. Yeah. And some of, one of my little buckets of people who do really well are former business owners. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, like two of the women on my team were, had a dog grooming business and they're yeah. both on my team. And they, the reason why I love them is they get it. Oh yeah. Treat my business like it's their business. Yep. And they like that care factor is that so it's hard to find. I think none of us want to hire somebody who is just collecting a paycheck and doesn't really care. Like the person who right. shows up with ideas cares. I don't care if you shut it off at 5 p.m. Like I'm happy for you to have boundaries, yeah. but we don't all need to be like the face of the business. Like I love yeah. to talk about Roy Disney. Like mm. he was integral for Walt Disney to be so successful. But yet mm-hmm. all the focus is on Walt. Not everyone's cut out to be like a Walt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like my executive assistant is someone who, who owned their own business and then realized, yeah, I like, I don't want to be the one guiding the ship. You can yeah. take the flag. If the business goes down, I'll yeah. be there to tell you, Hey, there's rocks. Are you going to lead the business into the rocks and yeah. then trust you in order to make that decision? And it's a really cool relationship. I think that comes from yeah. business owner and entrepreneurs on your team. And when you can find people who you really trust, it makes a whole lot of difference in your business. I think one of the problems that I really had with my agency that year my husband was deployed is I didn't have the ability or the capacity to follow up with people. Like I was spread mm-hmm. very thin. I had four kids and I just realized like, I don't like this. This isn't what I want to do right now. Yeah. And I was juggling creating a course, my big client clients and an agency. It was too much. Yeah. But I just kind of told myself this story like, oh, I'm bad at managing people. And, mm. you know, I'm in this weird spot where I'm really good at marketing. But at some yeah. point, I'm going to have to let go of those reins. Yeah. And I just hired a marketing assistant. I actually hired someone from my own course. And I'm like letting things go. Yeah. Really good. And I'm like, okay, I don't have to, I don't have to control all of this. But I'm also yeah. getting to the point too where, you know, now that I'm making money, like I'm in a different spot my next hire is going to be an online business manager. Like I want somebody to check in with everybody because the way my mom life is right now, I mean, I work till about two 30 and then like, it's like a question mark after that. Right. Cause the kids are everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. Am I going to feel like recording the podcast is a dog working? Like, so um, you can also think about like, okay, maybe I don't have to manage it forever, but eventually I can hire the expert. You know, eventually I can get, you know, support in different departments to manage it. Like look for the project manager, look for the team leader and an online business manager is a good solution, but you have to get there. Like you can't hand over your entire business to your VA and expect them to run it. I do see that happen. Oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah, no, there's no way. Um, And I, I don't think handing it over, the VA is not the person to scale your business. at all. (laughs) Like they're not the person to do that. Um, and one of the business mentors that I had that I was listening to, they talked about like this idea of the, the entrepreneur business owner person is not often the one to scale the business in terms of what he meant, what he meant by 
by that was you do need to bring on somebody to help you grow and help you be able to manage it and, and help you strategize how to get to that next level because you're so used to wearing all the hats. You're so used to having being in control of everything. And so that's awesome that you're right there at that point of like, okay, I'm now like handing this off to help other, like bring in other people to help me grow. And I think that that will just, just raise the scalability of it so much. Yeah. Oh, I heard James Wedmore talk about this analogy. I'm so going to steal it, but I'm giving him credit. They talked about the the, the plant pot, like your, your flower, mm-hmm. your orchid or whatever is in this pot. And the only way to get it to grow, orchid might not be the best analogy <laughs> there. They grow so slow, but the only way to get, let's talk about like the bunny tree that I have back here. The only so way cute. To, yeah. The only way for me to get that sucker to grow is to get a bigger pot. And, and yeah. how do you, you know, it's, it's scary. You're vulnerable. You got to yeah. bring in people to do it and you have to have yeah. the structure to do it and then the plant will grow. Yeah. Man, I love that. Well, it's been such a pleasure. So I know you have a brand new guide called How to Hire Your First VA in Four Weeks that you want to share with the audience. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I'll help you walk through some of the things we talked about today, just like purging from your brain, SOPs, tracking time, writing a job description. I put it out there free. This isn't a course I ever wanted to create, but I know it's such a hard sticking point. I get this question a lot. So you can get that at emilyreaganpr.com slash hire, and it will just help you make make that leap, tell you where to post the job and give you some insight to the process. Amazing, man. It's been so great. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you? If they want to become a digital unicorn, where can they go? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm in marketing, so I'm all over the place, but I do have a podcast, Unicorns Unite, where we talk about marketing strategies, other freelancer stories. And I also have the most fun right now on Instagram. That's where I'm playing. And you can find me there at Emily Reagan PR. I love it. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to add before I cue the outro? No, I think this is so fun. I think it's a conversation we all need to hear and recognize where we're at, know where we're going and just create awareness. So I'm thankful for this chat today. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Let's go ahead and cue that outro. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.